I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Ashley Terpstra. Ashley and I met while living overseas. We were always handing books back and forth amongst one another when we lived near each other, since books in English weren't the easiest to just go to the store and get. Even though the distance separates us now, we still virtually do the same. Ashley is currently taking classes to receive her reading specialist endorsement, so has lots of extra insight to share with us today. I recently did a post asking what the best book of 2022 was, and so many times my friends mentioned Kristen Hanna. So when Ashley and I chatted about doing our first ever vertical book flight to take a peek at an author's backlist, we knew it had to be Kristen Hanna. Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Yay. Well, let's start how we do around here with you telling us a little bit about your reading life. I've always considered myself an avid reader and I've always loved reading. And when I think back to how it began, what comes to mind is just falling in love with the Little House on the Prairie series by Laura Ingalls Wilder. I think partly because I was around the same age as Laura when I read the books, but also because my mom gave them to me as Christmas gifts and birthday gifts. And she would write my name and the date inside the cover. And then she kept all the books so that I was able to pass them down to my oldest daughter. And then I was able to share them with her. I love that. Um, And then, you know, when I think back to my life, I think there, I can picture a book that stands out in each period of my life. I remember in middle school, loving the Babysitter Club books and my best friend Sarah and I passing those back and forth and wanting to create our own babysitter club. (laughs) Um, And then since you know my husband, a funny story from college when we had first met and were hanging out was I was hanging out in his room and saw he had a poster of Jack Kerouac's book on the road. And I remember thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I liked this guy. Thought he was cool, but now I see he has one of my favorite books as a poster. So, you know, now I'm in trouble. That must mean something. Yeah, I haven't read that book. That might be one I'll have to uh, pick up. I've definitely seen it for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it at this stage in our life. I feel okay. like it's, it's me more of an early young adult, early adolescence. But I mean, I'm never going to tell someone not to read a book. It's it's definitely one of those classic books you'll you'll hear about throughout your life, I think. All right. So, and then I know you're taking courses right now towards your reading specialist endorsement. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I feel so fortunate that I was able to translate my passion of reading into my professional life, especially as a mom. I know that is a treasure time of reading with my kids, each one of my three kids and, and sharing my love of books with them. But as a teacher, I always enjoy that aspect, that other side of the coin of watching kids learn to read and helping them along their own path of independent reading. 
And so I'm currently switching gears. I was a first grade teacher for many years before having kids, but now I am getting that reading specialist endorsement that I know your other guest Liliana has. And so, um, and primarily because of the age of my kids, really interested in those early and pre-reading stages and tips and then like elementary as well. Um, but I'm always that person. I want to share a tip. I want to help kids and, and, and inspire them to find a book that they love and, um, just, you know, share that magic with everyone. Yeah, I love this about you because I know you've, uh, sent some tips along my way as well. <laughs> like, Hey, I just learned about this. You should check it out for your kids. And so it's great that you share that. Would you be willing to share some tips with our guests? I would love to. Yes. And, and I, I think it's just one of those nuggets that maybe everyone knows it's important to read to kids, but not necessarily why are those important tips along the way. Um, obviously, read, read, read. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the amazing benefits that happens when you're reading with your kids is that you're actually building their vocabulary. Um, a large vocabulary will lead to later success in their reading comprehension. So a really cool statistic is that books contain 50% more rare words than just conversation alone. Wow. And so a tip for caretakers or parents when they're reading with their children is like when you come across a fun word or a new word, stop and say, oh, did you hear that interesting word? Say it's the word peculiar um, or discombobulated and repeat the word and then just point it out and talk about what it means because they're actually building that vocabulary in their brain. Yeah, I actually remember at one point, we both have husbands named Eric, but <laughs> my husband, I said a word to him one time and he's like, that's not how you say that. And I think I actually probably had learned to read it in a book in my own mind. So that mm -hmm. was what I had <laughs> thought it sounded like. So then I like said it out to the world. Thankfully it was him. So it's like my comfort zone. But he was like, that's not how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and right? I remember just having this epiphany of like, really? I think for years I've thought that's how you said it. <laughs> right. And and that's an important skill too, because you're actually building that, how to pronounce it. And then when they come across it in a text, they'll, they'll know the word. Yeah. Um, another really easy one that's quick and is important for our pre-reading aged kiddos is rhyming. Um, it's a crucial element in getting them to recognize that words are made of in individual sounds. And it sensitizes their brain to that concept. Okay. So you can read nursery rhymes. There's a million amazing books that rhyme. My favorites include Eric Carl, like the Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? The Llama Llama series by Anna Dudney and then Dr. Seuss. They're easy ways that you can build that skill in your kiddos. Even singing songs, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, Down by the Bay. I do that with my youngest, she's not two yet. And you and I leave off the last sound or the last word for her to fill in the blank. So it's never too early to start building those rhyming skills also with your kiddos. Oh, that's so fun. Cruz, my youngest, he's two and a half, I guess, at this point. Um, but we also sing Down by the Bay and he calls it mommy's song because he doesn't. And he's oh. like, can you sing it? Like when I'm laying him down, he requests the song and he's like, mommy's song, mommy's song. And I don't do that where I have him fill in the last word, but I'm going to start doing that. But what he does is he picks whatever thing I'm going to sing about in the rhyming part of the song. <laughs> like he'll say, shark, so race car, garbage truck, you know, he'll like throw in whatever. You have to rhyme. <laughs> so, you know, I got to be on my toes to uh, keep up the rhyming, yeah. but I'm going to do that while I'll let him help me 
you know, fill it in as well, because that's not something we've done. So great tip. Thank you. (laughs) That's an easy way to do it if you're already doing it. So and then um, I think that every if you have a kid that it's in school, you probably heard the word of sight words or high frequency words. Mm -hmm. Um, They're words that don't follow a pattern and can't always be sounded out words like of or was or the. Um, These words must become a part of their reading vocabulary at a young age. So I actually encourage caretakers to help children learn these words before they enter kindergarten. You can introduce them um, five at a time to help kids master them and just keep reviewing them. And you don't have to just do flashcards. I think that's kind of an old fashioned way of doing things. There's apps now. Um, There's a great app called Fry Words Ninja. And there's also a lot of ideas on Pinterest where you can write the word in chalk and then have them jump to the word that you said. And so that's just another great um, way to help kids build that success before they even enter school. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, because I feel like that would be very helpful. We um, are homeschooling our kids right now and I am not, I don't have a teacher background. So it's definitely been a learning (laughs) curve. Um, And I know you've sent some of these tips along and I've even noticed with my oldest, with the spelling, like he can pick up that it's rhyming, but he's we're still working through like, well, if it's rhyming, it probably is going to end in the same couple letters. So you really could just change the first word. And so he can get that with some of the ways we do it with different like tiles of letters or whatever we're using. But when he goes to then spell it like on his own without anything visually being there, it's like kind of throws him off a little bit, but he can pick up that it rhymes. <laughs> so we just- Yeah. And you can, there's another way you can talk to him about it. It's, they're in the same family. Okay. You can say that, that word's in the same family. They end this in the same way and they rhyme. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those skills you keep building on as they understand more phonological awareness. Yeah. Um, another great tip since you, you know, are a big reader is the book bringing up book monsters have you read no, it? no and it is on my tbr from you but it is uh okay. i've okay. not picked it up yet. i've already it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those books that it basically shares everything i would want to tell a parent um but in fun ways because it's written by two parents who have a who, who have their own kids and then this book was given to me by a friend that has four children of her own and i'm starting to give this book as gifts for people who are having babies because really if you lay that foundation that they it's fun and they and that kids love books and love to read it's just um a lifelong gift you're giving them yeah and that's definitely a passion of mine is trying to ensure um my kids are readers but also with the show right that it's family friendly i mean i know like our kids probably won't listen to the show but that um encouraging families to read along the spectrum so Exactly. Exactly. The lifelong gift you're giving. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. And listeners, I'll be having all of those tips, the apps and the book. I'll have that all in the show notes. So you'll have that there. So you don't need to worry about scrambling to write it down um, right now. So do you have anything else you want to add about the reading specialist endorsement? I think that's it. I'm, I'm just so excited that I got to share part of my passion as not just a reader myself, but helping kids read. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Of course. I'm so excited for you that you're going through this. Can I ask, how long does it take? Well, I already had the master's in elementary reading, so I was just courses short. Um, So I have taken one. I need one more. But in the meantime, just because 
I find it so fun and fascinating. And I'm on, on a slow path, having my daughter still home with me. I um, am going to take just a couple more courses to also, a lot of it has changed since I was a teacher sure. and educate myself and be up to date on everything. So I, I really only needed two more courses, but I also have to become recertified since I've been staying at home and not being a teacher for since I was, since I became a mom. Yeah. That's one thing I've heard about from our fellow military spouses. I think as we move around state to state, if we're licensed, being a teacher is a really hard one to transfer as you're moving around. I feel in my, you know, pre-podcast mm-hmm. days as a physical therapist that that we had a national exam so it was fairly easy to transfer my license as long as I was in good standing in the previous state it was pretty easy but I yeah. feel for my teacher friends because it sounds like that's a really challenging road as you move around it's tricky too because you know when you move it's usually the summer so mm-hmm. when you're moving in the summer it's not like you can just pop into a new duty station or a new state or a new country like we've lived and get a job quickly as a teacher as well and people who do it, I'm amazed and inspired by, but it took me the long path to get there and feel like I'm ready to try again. And um, so I'm excited for what the future holds. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You're doing it. Well, let's jump back to you a little bit in your reading life. So what type of books do you like to read? I've always been in a book club. So a lot of the times I'm just reading what the book club is recommending. I'm a big fan of Reese Witherspoon's choices and I have a special aunt I know you had your aunt on recently yeah I have a special aunt that gives me a stack of books because she is such a quick reader and an avid reader herself so I have by my nightstand about 10 books from my aunt Chris that I need to read and she always has great recommendations but if I were to just go out and pick a book I tend to go with historical fiction I love World War II. Living in Europe, I got really passionate about reading World War II historical fiction. And I also dabble a bit in self-help. I love Brene Brown and Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot. I don't know if you heard of Blinksist, but it's an app that my husband shared with me and you can do nonfiction and memoirs and they give you it and they call Blinks. So in about 10 minutes, Uh you can get the key points of a book. Okay. So I've been doing quick little, my last one I loved was called the 5am club that was recommended by a friend as well. Okay. And so that's how I get kind of both sides of, okay, you know, nonfiction and self-help and inspirational books. And then just the, the reading for leisure. Yeah. And I know I, from what I remember, I think Eric was a pretty big reader as well. Right. He, but I feel like he cheats because he does those blinks, <laughs> and then he'll say, "I said that's that's kind of cheating." I mean, now that I'm doing it myself, I love it. But yeah, he's definitely more of a read on his phone, and I I can't do that. I have to have I either am audible or reading the the hardcover book. Yeah, I'm the same. We're about to go stay in one hotel room with our kids for the next two days. And I'm like, that's the only time I literally ever read on like the iPad or my phone a book because I, you know, when the lights have to go out at 730, we're stuck Uh, in the dark. And I'm like, okay, well, I can read on the iPad. But other than that, that's reserved for only that. (laughs) That's smart. Oh, I like how you do that. (laughs) So, well, let's jump into our book flight a little bit about Kristen Hanna. So we're calling this a vertical book flight because we're just going to focus on Kristen Hanna today. 
So I'm very excited. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about your first book we'll be sampling today. Okay. So I, without a doubt, thought we should have to start our Kristen Hanna book flight with The Nightingale. It's her most famous book and it's won a lot of critical acclaim. It's an international bestseller. It's sold over 4.5 million copies, but it's with good reason that it's so wildly popular. It's my favorite book of hers. And although I read it several years ago, it's one of those books that just sticks with you. And I feel like I can remember the story as vividly as I, as if I had just read it last week, um, because it's this heart wrenching, compelling story. Um, it's about two sisters and it follows their life, uh, starting at the beginning of world war II. They both are living in Nazi occupied France. But what I really love about this book is that it offers a unique perspective of the war by sharing the perspective of women and women, you know, their stories are often overlooked and untold in World War II. And they were just as much heroes in their own right, but usually behind the scenes. Yeah, this is actually my all time favorite book. I'm going to go out on that limb. This is number one for me. I love this book. (laughs) And I had no idea. I'm so excited to hear that because I feel the same way. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, But I didn't realize it was yours. That's so exciting. Yeah, I think this book made me feel a whole range of emotions, which I really appreciate. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think this book, you have to have a box of tissue sitting Mm -hmm. next to you. And it's a long book, but it's one of those books that's really hard to put down because you want to know what happens next. Um, You know, and I love the core of the book while there's a war and it talks about the atrocities and the brutality of World War II, there's a love story of sisters Mm -hmm. who are very different characters. You know, Isabel, it ends up being, you know, a spy and doing really amazing things. And I don't want to give it away. Yeah. But she's young and she's headstrong and she's rebellious. And then she has the contrast of Vienne, who's a mom and has a daughter and is living in the countryside of France. They both do amazing things that can change the course of history. And as I was prepping for this podcast, I didn't realize that Kristen Hanna was inspired by true stories when she wrote this book. I didn't know that either, but it makes it even better. (laughs) I know. And and so it makes you want to go down rabbit hole researching because um, both characters, parts of them are true stories. She said she was researching for a different book called Winter's Garden. So she was researching World War II and came across this story of a Belgian woman who um, helped downed airmen to safe zones. And she thought, someone needs to write a story about this. Mm -hmm. And she waited and she waited and no one did. And that's what I love about Kristen Hanna is she knew this story needed to be told and needed to be in the limelight. And um, I just feel like this is one of those books you can't come away from without feeling changed and learning. And it's so, it's so emotional. It's so riveting. Um, and in and, and that it's true that both of these stories, Vienne ends up hiding and protecting Jewish children. And that's, that's also based on true stories. Wow. Yeah. You're bringing it all back for me. It's actually been a few years since I've read it, but this is the one and only book that I actually have kept on my shelves 
because normally I just give books away, which I've said in previous episodes, because I won't <laughs> reread them. But I'm like, I know there'll be a time and a place and I will reread this because it is my favorite. So I know, I know. I feel like I want to go back and reread it again, or even maybe doing it as an audiobook. And then the exciting thing is they're making a movie out of this oh. book. I think it's been in the works for several years and then okay. COVID happened, but the main characters are going to be sisters, Elle and Dakota Fanning. So oh. I didn't know that soon I was secretly hoping we lived in Washington State two years ago um I was secretly hoping that I didn't know Kristen Hannah was from there so uh -huh. and I was like secretly hoping maybe she would do some book event but unfortunately we lived there in 2020 21 2020 and 2021 so not a lot of book events were happening but I was like she lives here maybe she'll do something and then <laughs> the world didn't really open up <laughs> I was gonna say we should find her and do a girls weekend and and fangirl over her and find a place where she is and just go there. <laughs> Seriously, I'm down. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to add about that one? Well, I think that if you have read The Nightingale and that's your only Kristen Hannah book, I would definitely encourage you to try out some of these other ones because what I love that she this book, if you haven't read Kristen Hannah, will get you hooked on her. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that she develops characters is so beautiful, but at the same time, she's telling these tragic and, you know, these, these stories or of people living through unimaginable situations, but that's, that's definitely at her writing style. It's kind of a hallmark of how she writes her book. So she, she develops these characters that you feel like you actually know them and care about them. And I think she does a great job too, of immersing you in the place. Like, you know, you just kind of feel like you've jumped literally into that story and you're in the timeline. Right. I think she does a great job with that in her writing. And I love, too, that she doesn't just stay in one period of history. She's written about the 70s. She's written about the Great Depression, which I'm going to talk about both of those. Mm -hmm. But she does that in every book. Yeah. Um, and that's just a really magical way that she writes, I think. And to think about all the research that she does in the background to be able to do that, right? Like I'm, I'm sure you can't have firsthand knowledge of all of these, right? So you're, you're doing a lot of research and yes. digging down the rabbit hole and wow. And just how she synthesizes all that to in a story is really beautiful. She said she was a lawyer first. So that makes a lot of sense. She comes out of that angle. And, okay. But yeah, she said books will take her years to research to, she said she doesn't write a book until she knows beginning, middle, end, which okay. I think is fascinating as well. So she has a whole story in her mind before she even starts it. You can tell. I feel like you can, I, when I sit here and think about that, I'm like, you can tell in her writing that it just flows so well like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So that was The Nightingale. So what's the second book by Kristen Hanna we'll be sampling today? The second book is called The Great Alone. And... I did this as an audiobook with my husband, actually, and it's set mostly in Alaska. It's in the wilderness, mostly following a family who decides to move from the Pacific Northwest during the 70s. And then the book takes place in the 80s as well. But the main character is uh, is named Lenny. She is 13 years old when the book begins. And it's it's a coming of age story in a way. And um, it's also a story about living in a dangerous place in Alaska where her family's settling a home and then 
and a dangerous family. So she has this juxtaposition for Lenny's life. Like I'm in this scary place of Alaska where there's bears and there's horrible winters. And then she has a dad who has mental illness. So this is definitely a book that if you have triggers for mental illness, I would not recommend it, but it has beautiful um, descriptions of Alaska. And then also a beautiful bond between Lenny and her mother and shows the strength of, of women and what women can do together and separately. Um, one of the, one of the quotes that I think is so cool from this book is um, that people are either running to something or running from, from something. So um, I would definitely recommend this book. If you like outdoor adventures, my husband was into it. Surprisingly. I was going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. He, he liked it a lot and he'll say, well, I haven't read the nightingale. I've only done we did the great alone together. And I said, yeah. well, you'll have to go back and do that on your own, <laughs> but it's, it's talking, it's a lot about two of the human, the American frontier spirit, which is a cool vibe, I think for a book. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily just for females. Um, and on audible, I love the narrator that does this book. Okay. She actually is a very famous, I think narrator. So if you like her voice, you can, um, it's a really easy one to just you know, binge if you like to do audible books. Yeah, that's a great point about uh, like audiobooks. I know people have asked me like, how do you find the ones you like? You know, some didn't work for me. And I'm like, if you know you like a narrator, you can literally search by the narrator that you like, and then you can find other books they've read. So yeah, they and work I didn't for realize you. that. Yeah, but she, yeah, it's funny because as I have really gotten into audible it just ha so happens this narrator is the same one for several that I like. Um, and she actually wrote a book herself. Her name oh. is Julia Whalen. Oh, I love Julia Whalen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the great alone. So. Okay. And she's funny. She changes her voices for the characters, which I think is so fun. Some people can pull it off and some people can't. Yeah. And she, I think does a great job with it. Oh, and I didn't know she had written a book either. I'll have to look into that myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so my last, Kristen Hanna book I wanted to chat about is The Four Winds. It's okay. her most recent book. I think it came out in 20 or 21. Okay. And again, we're completely switching times and places. Um, it depicts what life was like during the Great Depression and gives a voice to what, what Kristen Hanna herself calls the greatest generation of Americans, which for you and I, I think those were our grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that generation is slowly, you know, we're losing them. And so I love that this story gives voice to that time in American history. Yeah. Um, it's set in Texas, okay. which I didn't know anything about. It's called the Dust Bowl, which um, was a period of like severe storms that damaged uh, agriculture of the prairies in America. Okay. I've definitely remember that from history class, but no details. So <laughs> reading yeah. it in this form of a book would probably be a really good connection for me. <laughs> yeah. Very, very interesting. Again, a strong female character who this one's like, she's a bit unusual. Her name is Elsa. And when the book begins, she is in her early to mid twenties, still living at home with her mom and dad, her family, I should say. They're a rich, wealthy family, well-to-do and not nice to Elsa because Elsa doesn't fit that you're the beautiful Texas uh, expectation of woman. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so she's not really wanted by her family. She knows it. Aww. And she has an experience. I'm not going to give it away, but it completely changes her life. And um, there's some Italian family involved in there. So I actually think that they might make, they talk about some Italian food in the book. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those American histor historical stories that I don't think a lot of people are that well-versed on, but has themes of hope, strength of the American spirit, the bravery of women. And, and the, again, she's a very strong female character that ends up having another mother daughter relationship come to light in the book. And so, yeah, that's my last one, but you know, the same thing is going on in all of her stories where you just fall in love with these characters and you, you want to know what happens to them and it's, you don't want it to end. And again, this is a book, very emotional. Okay. probably will be your tissues nearby <laughs> I said I'm like I don't know if she wants everyone to cry in her books but I definitely do <laughs> several times in all of her books when I'm when I'm reading them yeah to me though that's a sign of a good book is it's evoking enough emotion in me and I'm invested that much in the story that it, I'm feeling that and I to me that takes off like in a good book category <laughs> I don't have to cry for it to be a good book but it does <laughs> you know I know I'm really invested then Yes, absolutely. And that's for sure. I think all three books, I would be surprised to, if, you know, you didn't have some emotional connection and sometimes you just need a different outlet to, to cry. Yeah. And, and those are, those are an easy, healthy way to, to do that and experience the emotions. So that sounds really interesting. It, it has been on my list. It is one of hers I have not read. So I definitely need to pick that one up. It would be interesting to know because I feel like, you know, we talked about how she does a lot with mother daughter relationships. It'd be mm -hmm. interesting to know in Kristen Hannah's life if maybe she had, you know, maybe she's representing maybe her mom and her relationship. I don't know. I don't know that, but it would be interesting to know since she does a lot yeah. of that in her writing. I do know her mom was the reason she started writing books. Okay. And um, her mom passed away while she was still a lawyer, I believe. And so her mom said, well, what book are you going to write for me? And so that could that could definitely be a motivation for her. I don't know if she's a mother herself. I do know going back to the great alone that she, her family lived in Alaska during her, that era of her life being a teenager. So I think she definitely in a way intersperses her personal life. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm sure you draw from your experiences to be able to write these books as well. So I would think so, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. So we did this Kristen Hanna book flight. And so we talked about The Nightingale, The Great Alone, and The Four Winds. So for from me, I'd like to give you a little thank you and give you a dessert pairing for being on the show. Um, I hadn't read any other of Kristen Hanna's backlist. So I went through my list of books that I've read and was trying to determine what would be similar that would pair well with this book flight. Um, and I actually ended up choosing Snowflower and the Secret Fan by Lisa C. Have you read that one? No, I haven't heard of it. Okay. Have you read any of Lisa C? I don't think so. I think we might have just if I can't remember if you were still living in Sicily with our book club when we read. Um, oh, my goodness. It's going to is about the women that dove in Korea and they would fish. Oh, wow. No. Did you read that book? <laughs> no. Okay. 
maybe you had already left by that point, but we definitely read it in our book club that we were both a part of. (laughs) (laughs) But I couldn't remember if you were still in the window when it was there. But um, Lisa C is she this book I'm actually recommending was came out in like the early 2010s, I think. Um, But I think you'll really enjoy it. And I think she does a great job like Kristen Hanna, where she really immerses you in the place. And you really get to know the characters. So this book in particular, Snowflower and the Secret Fan, takes place in China during the 19th century. So in this time period, young girls were paired with a friend, like an emotional connection, and that was known as a Tong. And this match, our main character actually is Lily. And the match, she's seven at the time when we meet her, and her match is with an older woman named Snowflower. So shortly after this match is made, she knows of this match, Snowflower sends her a fan. And back then, women developed a secret language to communicate with one another called Nushu. And I apologize if I'm not saying these names correctly. I read this as a hard copy book. Um, But they developed a secret language so they could talk secretly and so the men wouldn't know, right? And they were watched pretty closely mm-hmm. in the 19th century by their men, and they were kind of, you know, isolated as women. And so what ends up, how their relationship ends up developing is they write lines of poetry, short songs to one another, and they write it in this secret Nishu language along the blades of this fan. So these are easy things they can pass amongst one another or on handkerchiefs, things that they could pass amongst one another when when they're seeing each other out in public or a social event. They can easily pass this and no one will understand that they're actually communicating through this mechanism. So it spans the life of these two women and this communication, which I think is just so cool. It's based yeah. off, uh, you know, like this really happened and this is what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there, they, there are some very harsh topics in here. They do talk about the foot binding procedures oh, wow. that were done to women um, because it was seen as a thing of beauty was to keep their feet very small. And it, it does get a bit harsh talking about that um, because of the obvious complications that can happen with uh, foot binding, you know, with the breaking of the bones and just the infections. Um, But they, they share, they're able to share their isolation together and communicate and have a friendship. There was arranged marriages Mm -hmm. at this point in 19th, 19th century China. So they talk about the loneliness of that. They talk about their marriages. Um, And so it allows them to have this friendship progress that probably would not have been able to without this secret language to communicate and why I chose this for this Kristen Hanna book flight is she does a great job of immersing you where you really feel like you're dropped into 19th century China and you're living right alongside of these women so again kind of along the same vein of Kristen Hanna where there's going to be some tough topics there's beautiful points, there's hope, there's joy. So you're going to feel the range of emotions right. when you read this book. So I thought it would be a great pairing to go along with our flight today. It definitely sounds like it. And I love that it gives a different perspective of China, which I don't have that much. I've visited China. when we. Yeah, I figured with your connection, having lived overseas, it also yes. <laughs> in Japan yes. that you, and Okinawa that you would have... Um, you know, I knew China's close, but I'm like, 
my other book option was Italy, but I, I think this fits better with our flight. So <laughs> love it. I, I, I love it. I'll put it on my TBR. <laughs> yes. And let me know when you get to it. And I, I'd love to hear what you think. Thank you. Okay. All right. So let's finish up today with our bonus pairings, which are just a speed round of questions. So you can answer these pretty quick. Okay. So our first question is, where is your favorite place to read? Without a doubt, my favorite place to read is on the beach at my in-law's cabin on Lake Michigan. It's one of those places that I know I can sit on the beach and be uninterrupted <laughs> and I will be relaxed and get a suntan and hear my kids playing along the beach. But I, for some reason, devour books there. I, I definitely, that's where the one place I know, okay, I can bring a bunch of books and I'll probably get through at least one. And, um, and it's also just my favorite place in, in the world out of all the places I visited. Yeah. I feel like I've heard you guys talk about this place. Like I have in my mind's eye, a picture of it from yeah. seeing your photos and hearing you guys talk about it, even though I've never been there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little slice of paradise, definitely off the grid. Um, the nearest grocery store is an hour away. So you wow. have to prepare yourself for that. But yeah, it's just one of those places where I truly get to relax. And I think as a mom in this season of life, that's a rare, beautiful place. So yeah, I could see where that'd be a great memory. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, definitely. All right. And then what is one book that you have read that has changed your life? Well, I'm going to echo your first guest, Alex, and agree with her about the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I think also because it's one of my most recent books I read during COVID and in a time that was a really tough time for everyone, but it's her memoir and it's very moving. It also, I love how she questions some of those societal constraints put on us as women and it just has really great messages, inspiring messages, live your own life, live life by your own terms and by your own boundaries. And it's one of those books that I hi have highlighted. It's one of those books that I keep and I kind of go back to, sometimes I'll share quotes with friends or um, it also led to, to me discovering her podcast. I don't know if you have dabbled in her podcast, but she has, no, a, I haven't. Um, we can do hard things podcast. So okay. if you like her book, this is another kind of avenue where she inv invites guests or she just talks with her wife or her sister. Okay. Yeah. Really good to know. I actually find myself that I grabbed this book shortly after it came out. I couldn't believe it. We had this route, you know, that we would walk past a little free library. Do you yeah. know what those are where the yes. people have it outside their house and they have the books you can take it or leave it. Um, and I couldn't believe it when I saw a hard copy untamed on the shelf. So I grabbed it. So <laughs> you got it for free. That's amazing. I got it for free. And it was shortly after the book had come out, like it was receiving a lot of acclaim. Like I just couldn't believe it, that it was on the shelf. So it felt like a gem for sure. <laughs> so either someone was like, I have to have someone else read this or they didn't like it <laughs> to put it in the free, true in the free book library. True. <laughs> well, hopefully it was someone just passing it on, passing on the joy that they enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. And then which do you prefer to read, audio or hard copy books? Well, for right now in my season of life, I tend to do audio books because um, I can get through them more quickly. But in general, I definitely like, like the hard copies. Nice. And then what are you reading next? Well, besides my textbooks, my next <laughs> class, um, I really want to read a book by Emily Henry because oh, – yeah. 
um, you know, she's, she's really popular right now, mm-hmm. but she, I realized that she went to my college, the college that my husband and I went to hope college. Oh, so fun. And so I have not read any of her books, but she's all over the place in social media. And I think she's on the Reese book clubs. And, um, so I, I think the one that I want to read of hers is people we meet on vacation. Yeah. And one of yeah. them is being turned into a movie as well. I have to look and see which one it is. Because I always like to read a book. If I know a movie is coming out, I read the book first. Absolutely. Yeah, I read that one. It's very good. And okay. I think it would be interspersed with your textbooks and the yes. business of your school program. It probably it's a nice, light, easy read. Like it's not going to take a lot for you to condense it, which is probably what you need yes, exactly. <laughs> as an escape. It's exactly what I need. So I'm glad to hear that you would recommend that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know your time is precious and I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. It was a really exciting and fun opportunity for me. Thank you so much for listening to Ashley Terpstra and I in our discussion today on her Kristen Hanna book flight. We'd love to hear what other books you might pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show. So if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.